Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I am your host, Moni. And why do I sound so congested? I have no idea. Um, better than a hoarse voice, though. I mean, though, some might argue not better because people do like my hoarse voice. But nevertheless, hello. Welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I am your host, Moni. And I thank you so much for listening. It is literally as crack of dawn where I am right now as I'm recording this I do not know why I'm recording so early in the morning I have no explanation for this other than last night's so Sunday night's TV on Bravo just was so good I couldn't sleep is that is that ridiculous I think it's ridiculous um but I do think I dreamt about fish having sex a la Shaws of Sunset it's pretty much the only thing that I thought wasn't constructed or planned for the episode so I enjoyed that part I will be talking Shaws of Sunset and Real Housewives of Atlanta and then I will be joined by Hannah Brown from the popular podcast Brown-Eyed Junicorn where we will talk about Vanderpump Rules in New Jersey I think that's what we talked about. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Again, very early in the morning, and I apologize for that. But um, I definitely want to get this out on a Monday and a Monday earlier in the Monday part of the day because commutes, Mondays, lunch, annoying Becky's at work who won't leave you alone, you know, that boss who won't get off your ass, you know. You want to get a salad. You want to take an hour and a half lunch break. I'm here to help you do that. So all of that and more is to come. Also, I will be doing a bonus episode with Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Um, He's incredible. I absolutely love Ryan. And I can't wait to be doing it. We will not be just doing Bravo. We will be talking The Bachelor. So that bonus episode will be dedicated to The Bachelor for those who listen, for those who want me to cover it. It was literally a 50-50 split on my Instagram polls, which is why, A, you need to be voting in the polls. If you listen to the podcast, you need to go to Instagram at Mixing with Moni. It is where I literally I make people vote on segments that I now include. It's how I got FOMO and, um, oh God, questions that need answers. People suggested these things, people voted on these things, and people have voted on this new thing where I talk about The Bachelor, but I literally cannot fit it into my regular podcast. It will be six and a half hours long. Not really, but I can't let another obese podcast slip through my fingers. I just cannot. Someone one day is going to ream me out for it, though I'm getting more positive feedback on it than negative, and I appreciate you people. I mean, I get it. You want to be able to get through your commute, start in the day, and then end in the day. You want to get through lunch breaks. You want to get through work breaks. You want to listen to it while you're at work. I'm fine with that. Let's procrastinate and distract ourselves together, shall we? 
Uh, but yeah, that's to come this week, later this week. You will be getting a bonus episode for just The Bachelor because hometowns are this week. And I have no idea how the hell we even got here. I did do a bonus episode, a spoiler episode on the Patreon, um, not my Patreon, though. Subscribe to that, but no pressure. Um, Jess from the Real Housewife of the West Side, which is now the Blonde Unfiltered podcast. We did a bonus episode about how we got to fucking the final four of The Bachelor because I didn't see it coming. I really didn't. And me and Ryan will be talking about that on my regular feed very, very soon. So stay tuned for that bonus episode as well. In the meantime, because you love me and because things are going so great, I mentioned on my Instagram and thank you, Ryan, for shouting me out for this. I did want to get to a hundred reviews I didn't even say 105 star reviews because I don't think I'm okay. Let me not go down a low self-esteem journey. (laughs) Um, I didn't even say five stars because I'm just like, whatever I get, I'm grateful that people like me are listening to me, that they're authentic and genuine listens. I'm not buying followers. I'm not, you know, manipulating listenership or anything. I'm not doing anything extravagant or extraordinary. I legitimately just want to put out good stuff. Just want to put out stuff that I think is great. Like, I don't want to please everybody. My people will find me. We always find each other. They're part of the mixer. We are all mixologists in this twisted up mixer cocktail party thing. And, you know, I've always wanted to do that. And I'm very close. I'm at like 77 reviews or something like that. So, you know, we all solicit. We all beg. And I'm not above bribery. I'll bribe you to go. No, I'm not. I can't do it. I don't know if this is illegal or not. Um, well, bribery is. So <laughs> that's comforting. Um, forget I just said that part. But other than that, please do go subscribe so you get the um, episodes right away. Literally, Apple takes forever sometimes to pull the episode from the feed of like the the podcast host that I record with. So it sometimes can take a while. So if you subscribe, it comes out right away. If you don't, it sometimes takes like up to a few hours. And so please subscribe. Please do review. Um, write a review. If they're kind words, please. I like kind words. I'm one human, okay? Like, why would you feel if someone just reviewed you negatively all the time? Um, those are fake tears. I'm fine. And, you know, rate five stars. Do all that jazz. And I really appreciate it because it's what helps other mixologists find our cute little mixer and mix it up with us. All right, that's housekeeping. We're done with that. Moving on to the bullshit. Let's start. Let's start with Shaz because I don't have much to say about Shaz or Atlanta, mainly because I I didn't take notes until after the fact. And I think that's actually a good thing because if you think about it, when you're watching, most of y'all don't take notes when you watch. Like, you wait for the podcast and stuff to have done that. And I do, but my notes are so much more concise. And I can remember exactly what to, I wanted to mention, what I wanted to tell you guys, based solely off of what I remember in the moment after the show just went off. But also, it's because I enjoy it. Like, I'm literally feeling it in the moment. And since we don't really do recaps like that over here, my emotions can really come through, as well as my opinions, because... What the fuck? So Shaz, Shaz is is giving me very um, desperate vibes and I'm still watching, right? I'm not to the point where their desperation is a turnoff. Like 
it is with Vanderpump Rules. That desperation for me is a turnoff. Like, I don't like it. And it's sad because Vanderpump used to be my favorite. But, y'all, their ratings are still so horrendous. It's it's sad. It's actually kind of embarrassing. So, I don't know how we got here. But here is where we are. Um, Jersey has been doing better in numbers. And I'll get to that in a second. But ratings-wise, they've been doing better. Um, they're hitting the 1.1 mils. So that's not getting back to it in a second. That's me getting to it right now. But pump is not even hitting 1.1. It's in the 1.06, 1.08, 1.02, 1.01. Like barely a a million of y'all are watching it live, which I don't know how we got here because you would never think that pump would be struggling the way that it is. And now I'm kind of understanding why random cars are being thrusted into Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants. Allegedly, that was for publicity. Um, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know why I wouldn't believe that, though, because no one was injured. No one was in the front. No one was there. But it was in the middle of brunch service. So nobody nobody was there. Like, what does that say about your restaurant? If Nobody was up in the front patio section of your restaurant in LA during brunch midday like why do you not have seats filled at that point up in the front on a patio patios are lit for brunch so that I don't know um nobody was hurt thank god and for whatever reason people have assumed that it has something to do with ratings but I will give it to you straight below deck sailing yacht so not your regular below deck with the reunion and everything. It did record. It did really, really great. Like 1.5. Very, very low drop for a Watch What Happens Live episode. Um, below Deck Sailing Yacht and Pump Rules got the same ratings. Are you watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht? Exactly. So <laughs> they both got 1.061 um, million in the same demographic of 18 to 49. 18-year-olds to 49-year-olds. That's low people like for them to be getting the same amount of viewers as a brand new show it means that people are genuinely over the bullshit so and I'm not mad at them I understand that actually so nevertheless let's talk about Shaw's doing slightly better only 1.072 mil and this is on a Sunday night Again, with a lead-in of Atlanta in the 1.7s and the 1.8s. That's insane that Shaz is not even pulling, like, a, a strong a stronger portion of that amount of viewership. Um, but let's talk about why. So this episode does give me desperation. It does not annoy me, the desperation. What annoys me is off the screen how much these Shaz of Sunset are yelling at me that I need to watch. They'll be like... Oh, yeah, girl, it was so packed. It was so juicy that night. This season's about to be fuego. Yes, real words, not mine. Phone fire. This is about to be the hottest season of Shaws. You better watch. Oh, tonight is a great episode because I was pissed. You'll see everything that I went through right now when you watch. We don't forget to watch tonight. If you want to know why I was pissed don't forget to watch at tonight at nine and i'm surprised they got such a top shop like nine o'clock on a sunday is prime time television that's 
so crazy to me, especially considering they literally gave them, maybe it's because they really want the money for the advertisers and stuff, considering, you know, it took them two years almost to bring the show out to life because their last episode was in 2018, as I'm always saying, and now here we are, like, excuse me, literally, if they have not aired since 2018 and here we are in 2020, yeah, Bravo needs all the help they can get to get this money, okay? So, maybe that's a testament about Bravo. Maybe that's a Patreon episode I'll do where I talk the real reasons why I think Bravo is going down. And I will be soliciting some people to come on and talk to me about why it's going down. Um, because I know some people that know. And I've talked to some people that know inside stuff that just confirms what I know. But a lot of it has to do with Bravo being very, very insensitive to pretty much everything. Like, they're tone deaf to everything. And they hide behind this blanket mask of, well, we're just airing what happens. But, like, they act like they don't have any kind of agency over who and what and how, like, things get addressed on these shows. And no one's saying they have to be all snowflakey and sensitive and all that shit. But, like, for instance, if you have a blatant homophobe as Vicky... You would think you would get rid of them. You would. But look at how long this took. You would think that if we had a naked wasted situation. Granted this was not the same time frame as today. Where like getting people this kind of wasted and stuff is like legitimately you will be canceled. Versus just frowned upon back in the day maybe. I don't know. Um, you know that would not, Tamara would not have gone nearly as far. Um, just simply hearing that Leanne. You know Andy said recently. You know, he was asked if Leanne would be returning to Dallas or not. I wish they would just have asked if Dallas would be returning at all. Because I've really heard it's going to move to digital if it doesn't get canceled whatsoever. Like, overall. Um, but with that, Leanne, he literally answered TBD. And I'm just like, what needs to be determined? I really want to know. Like, get rid of Leanne. Nobody wants to watch her. She's, at this point, she's a liability. Like... And it's not even just the whole racism thing, even though that really should be enough. But since it's not for Bravo and racism never has been, never will be. Look at New York. Sorry to come for y'all's face, but New York got a lot of fucking problematic shit going on over there. Like they've always had problematic shit. And I still love them because I'm capable of rising above it. I have had to every day, every day of my life as a black woman, as most women have to do, as most minorities have to do. Um, pretty much everybody has to do at some point to some degree, um, be it not all the same as everybody else's, but you always have to rise above something. And I've had to rise above New York many times and overlook a lot of shit. I'm looking at you, Luann. Um, but I think that to say that you don't know if Leanne is going to even come back beyond even the racism, though that should be enough. Like I said, we're talking about someone like Leanne who also threatened basically suicide on screen. And why Bravo keeps treating this like it's so fucking regular, I don't know. I really wish there was a trigger warning, and I don't need trigger warnings. I'm not easily triggered. But nobody wants to be drinking a cocktail while watching Dallas, right? Having a snack, a charcuterie board, if you will. So I'm mid-brie on crack. Kerr. That's a cracker, but I'm mid-brie on crack, little pep, this pepperoni, on top, and I'm taking a bite, mm, 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 
crunch and she goes, give me the opportunity and I'll do it right. I'll do it tonight. And it's like mid crunch stop to bite tongue because I wasn't expecting it. Tongue now hurt me in shock and in pain. And I'm like, now I can't even enjoy my delicious snack of cracker, brie and pepperoni and Chardonnay because my Chardonnay has now gotten flat at the mere suggestion that this woman is suicidal on my television screen. And had I gotten a warning that it might be dealing with maybe a heavy topic or a warning, like keep kids out of the fucking room or something. Like granted kids shouldn't be watching Housewives or whatever with you anyway, but what if they run in? Like you're a lot more likely to usher them out if you see a warning in the beginning, like we'll be talking about suicide. I mean, granted they did tell you at the end, like if you have a problem or you know someone with a problem, call this number, but by then, a little too late. It was 41 minutes in, sir. And now my Chardonnay. I never would have poured the damn Chardonnay. Yes, I know how to pronounce it. This is more fun. Um, I like to pronounce things phonetically because, again, my English major background. Oops. I hope people don't get offended by me saying English major a bunch of times as if people get offended by me talking about where I'm from. Oh, that was a read in my reviews. Like, shut the fuck up about being from D.C., Potomac, whatever, which... It's just context, baby. If you had a housewife city, you talk about it a lot too, okay? Um, anyways, we get into that and so much more with Hannah Brown and talking about Jersey and why the fall is happening and talking about Vanderpump and why that fall is happening. She's actually interviewed some VPR adjacents and VPR alum, and she kind of runs in that circle. And I think talking to Hannah is going to be really great about that. Because I keep digressing because Shaw's was so, so, I could literally do other things. Because I, now that, I could enjoy my Chardonnay too. And to be honest, I'm enjoying Shaw's being desperate. Like, I hate them telling me to watch. I'm going to do it if I want to do it. And it looks like you're begging me to. doesn't change people's minds. They're either going to watch or they're not. But what I'll tell you people aren't going to watch for is this Reza and Adam bullshit. That's not going to happen for much longer. First of all, I tweeted if Adam, whether or not Adam harassed this man or not, we won't know. But what we do know is Reza surely did assault this man. That is for sure. Like, he full on physically attacked this boy. Ali, Ali. I like, I know I don't like Ali. He's very thirsty. Anybody that confronts you for, you know, TV time. And I did find it exceptionally shady and a little suspect that they had so many clippings and flashbacks of Ali in pretty much every scene of Shaw's filmed to date. Y'all don't find that weird? That is actually quite strange. And even for like groupies, like Dana on Vanderpump Rules is a groupie. She was introduced to the boys last season. You know, she's the reason that Bo and Jax called their girlfriends and were like, there are hoes here and we're, we are sorry. We didn't know. And the boys were like, we got to call them and let them know that there are hoes. And one of those hoes was Dana. And now Dana's on the show. So that's a thirst trap gone right. Maybe that's why I'm having a hard time getting behind her. Though I like her. I think I like her personality. She just seems a little too with it to be on Vanderpump Rules. A little too coherent. Um, and a little too put together. Yeah, all of that. Well... This, though, this man has been in every scene for, like, 
forever, this Ali. And now all of a sudden he's talking about, you know, and he befriended everyone on the cast. I think he figured out which ones would benefit him the most and somehow decided on MJ allegedly and or MJ deciding that he would be most beneficial in this man taking down Reza and Adam. And I don't know why Adam got, you know, brought into this, but for whatever reason, I've heard. So if you listen to my episode with Jess talking about the premiere of Shaws of Sunset and her husband is a um, Persian from this Persian Jew community in L.A. and knows pretty much a lot of these people very, very well. And the community is very small and naturally the show is frowned upon within it, which I can understand why. Um, they are not pleased with Reza and that, but for whatever reason, allegedly this whole storyline is set up between Reza and MJ and then like really just took legs and went too far. That's what she suggested and alleged. So, and now they're not talking or whatever, but overall, I can't imagine this being anything other than for ratings. (laughs) Like... There's no way Adam plays strip Jenga and this is going to be the breakup of their relationship and is warranting Reza throwing water on this man. That's just not a thing. Um, But what is a thing is Adam and Reza are not probably really coherent as a couple. They're not getting along all the time, even though Adam, I mean, Reza swears that they'll be together in five years and that they are better than ever. But Adam literally gave up wanting to have a baby with you. For whatever reason, because he just thought your attitude was so awful, that's telling and that's sad and disgusting. And anytime someone makes that great of a sacrifice of something that they've always wanted and hoped for, they will hold it over your head. Resentment is coming, honey. Don't even worry about it. So three things I know to be true. Adam is most definitely probably cheating on Reza. Allegedly, but that's my opinion. Reza is definitely probably cheating on Adam. They're not, they have some kind of arrangement, though that he swears they don't. And Ali wants the attention more than he wants to breathe his next breath. That's all I know. And I could guarantee at the fourth no, MJ put somebody up to this bullshit, okay? Somebody. Um, Other than that, we got Gigi being high as fuck looking at, fish fucking fish fucking on the ocean and then talking about the moon editors are shady as fuck trying to illustrate what the fuck she was talking about with this eclipse and the moon and the big bang and the moon's energy which fun fact i've always heard that the word lunatic comes from the fact of the moon being like the high tide and everything and how it makes the water the tide of the water go i'm not a gg relax or an Asa, relax. But um, it is tied to people going crazy when the tide changes and the moon is like strong in a full moon and stuff. Um, and that's why it, it, we're called, it's called a lunatic. is because, and people associate with being crazy. Luna, obviously short for lunar. Um, yeah, please don't make write a review that I gave you this lesson because you didn't want, even though you didn't want it. That's just rude. I was just trying to say Gigi maybe not, may not be as ridiculous and stupid as she appeared she was just really high as a kite so 
that is that we know that Gigi is pregnant now, so good for her. We'll we'll see her journey as you know she, I believe, does lose a a pregnancy or she doesn't like it doesn't take at one point. And then what else happened? See, this is what I'm talking about. All this desperation and you just like, oh, I mean, it wasn't memorable, but it wasn't awful. And that seems to be a lot of Bravo these days. It's like, eh, like Jersey. It's not bad. It's just not like riveting television. Like seasons one through three were absolutely fucking nuts. And that's why I think the ratings have struggled so much now is because seasons one through like three or four. Woo, my God. So but, you know, Teresa's tired of carrying the whole show, pretty much. And she's tired of fighting with her family just for, you know, your ratings. And Melissa's tired. Joe's tired. Joey's tired. The kids are tired. Everybody's tired over in Jersey. So give them a nap and let that show rest. And maybe we'll come back refreshed and rejuvenated as a nap does do our toddlers and ourselves. So what else happened on Shaz? Um, I've never liked Destiny, so I really don't care who put her up to it. She did it. And to me, you were never trying to do the right thing. Otherwise, you would have talked to Reza first. You would have talked to Mike. I mean, you would have talked to um, Adam first before Reza. You would have been like, hey, bruh, I have this information. I don't know what's true and what's not. This is between you and your man. But before you need to tell him before I do, because I don't want to sit on this. I don't want to be in the middle. But I have this and you need to be more careful and you need to talk to your husband. Boom. Done. That's all. Um, Mike's girlfriend, don't care. Um, Mike being a good property manager, project manager, he won't be, so don't care. Um, everything else, uh, I really hope that Reza did not call MJ while she was in the fucking hospital because that's ridiculous and I really want that to be fake. I'm thinking it is because we would have gotten her on speaker. Or her husband pulling the phone, like yanking that phone out of her hand. Like, you will not call my wife while she is literally post-op, fresh out of delivering a baby with a million complications and is in the ICU. Are you a dickhead? Like, you're so stupid. Who calls a woman to yell at her or even to question her, say anything other than, love you? Not to mention, she did not say in her confessional when she was talking about you know, how Raza didn't come and see her. She didn't say, at least I don't remember her saying that he called her with some bullshit. She just said that he didn't come to see her any of the days that she was in the ICU. So I don't think he actually called her. Thank the heavens. Because I, the the lengths people would do for this show, though I know it's because like they don't really work like that anymore um, because they're all relying on the show. But the sh- this fame shit, y'all, is so temporary. Please get a job and turn your life around after this. <sighs> That's all I have for Shaz. I'm just going to end abru- abruptly there and move on over to Atlanta. Take a quick break. Be right back. Atlanta time. All right, we are back with Atlanta. I will try so hard to make this brief. I don't suspect I'll succeed, but... First time for everything, all right? So, watching Atlanta, few things stick out to me. Not very many, because we didn't get a lot, but we got good stuff. Like, Atlanta is good time in and time out. There's good enough drama. There's a lot of shade. I mean, better shade than probably any other show, except for Potomac. And that's not a plug. It's like, literally, Potomac is 
so fucking shady. It doesn't even make sense. Sometimes it hurts. And that's the same vibe I'm getting from Atlanta these days. The shade is so unreal. I can't see myself. Like, I can't see straight. But what gets me is that they then complain about the shade. But they be the shady ones. Like, Kenya will talk about, she just talked about on Watch It Happens Live the other night after the episode aired about how she thought she and Portia were good, which they are. And, or is, you know, they are on social media and everything. And she goes, but then I'll see the show and I'll see little shady comments. And I'm like, isn't that y'all's job to be shady to each other? Like, that's the whole point. At least she's not conjuring up new evidence that you and your husband's relationship is fake or that y'all, you know, that he's cheating on you. Like, she's not bringing cookie ladies around. She's just being shady and confessionals. That ain't nothing, Kenya. You do way worse. She's like one of those people who are so afraid that you're going to punch her that she, like, just decides to kick you, punch you, throw you into, a, a, like, a full Netflix or something like that. And I like Kenya. I really do. I like all the Atlanta women. Like, they are all my faves. So, I'm just, like, you can't complain about the shade when shade is part of your job description, okay? Um, beyond that, it seems Cynthia is not done with resentment. When I say that, I say that because their little meeting of her and NeNe, long time coming, but for some reason this doesn't seem like this was meant to happen now. This seems like it was production-led or something. And I can't understand why they would do that unless they just needed the altercation that bad. But Nene doesn't seem like she's in a place of responsibility, just hurt. And Cynthia seems to be operating from a place of resentment and she's not open. And so there can be no reconciliation here. Because how can we reconcile if we are not taking responsibility and we are not being open and we have resentment, you know? There can't be closure without these things being absent and these apologies don't mean anything because they don't really mean them they're both looking for the other person to humble themselves and bow and that's not how friendships work it's either we both do it or neither of us do it but I I liked the attempt and I appreciate Nini comforting me uh, Cynthia comforting Nini when she cried because I felt like those tears were real I don't feel like Cynthia's response was though and I think that Cynthia really is just over this. Not to mention, though Nene is not right, she just throws people away. And we cannot do that, especially at our age. You can't just throw away every friendship because you don't like the way it went or you don't like the way they treated you. That's ridiculous and so, so childish. You have to consider other things. You have to be able to talk to them. You don't know how to fight, as, it, as Cynthia said, which is very true. They don't know how to fight and they need to learn if they're going to be productive women, productive friends, um, if they're going to abide by that damn friend contract. But beyond that, I'm still not over people just letting Cynthia slide with inviting Kenya to this party and acting like she ain't no. She knew it was production. Like, we get that. We now know the game of Bravo. But that's not the point. Like, the point is, Cynthia, you knew, honey. You knew Kenya was coming. It's because she told Mike, I'm supposed to act like she wasn't here. And Candy was throwing everybody under the bus now. Candy goes, you know, you asked me to bring her. Like, you asked me to invite her. So, yeah, you, you knew she was coming. And so I don't know why Cynthia got, all, uh, got let off the hook and then he got all of the, you know, backlash for this whole thing because I mean that would upset me too but I would just curse you out I don't have to cut you off forever if we had a friendship of forever you know 
Oh, so Cynthia, why are, are there, why are the wine bottles, I mean the wine glasses being used for salsa? I don't know if this is ghetto, cheap, or just plain idiotic. You can't get your hand all the way to the bottom of a wine glass to get the salsa with the chip. If I can't dip my chip, why the fuck we got salsa on the table at all? At this point, just give me the jar of salsa. Like, out the jar, I will eat it. Because what is the point if I can't dip my chip, Cynthia? I want to dip my chip. And if I can't dip my chip, then there was no purpose of me really even coming here, to be honest. Let alone of you even putting salsa out. If you don't have bowls, if you don't have utensils, plates, something, a spoon, something that can actually make it worth my while to sit here and talk to you. Because I thought she had like a nice fruity sangria or something like that. And I was like, why that's heavy on the sangria? And then Nene tried to dip her chip in the, in the glass. And I said, wait a minute, is that salsa? Oh no. Oh no, ma'am. Uh-uh. No. That's something I will never understand. Just what would, somebody asked, somebody DM'd me and asked me, what would Dorit say? And you know what? I think Dorit would damn near have a heart attack. Honestly, no word on her and PK's marriage. Yes, we know they were together for Valentine's Day. I've stayed true to my stance of Dorit and PK are divorcing allegedly solely for the money. Um, if you remember, he tried to transfer all his money and everything he had left, basically, which wasn't to Dorit's bank accounts the judge quickly said a fuck no sir and put the kibosh on that and froze all those assets Dorit said oh no my assets aren't frozen everything's fine they were frozen sis it's in the papers like it's actually in the court documents we know we saw we know what's happening you were conquered so beyond that I think you know the only way that PK can kind of save Dorit's finances and save her money is to divorce her and then whatever he loses and all those settlements you know they don't have to come after their joint money especially her our H-O-B-H check that is all alleged but that's my opinion on why they would be divorcing and why he's spending so much time in London so we will see I do think they're definitely still in love I don't know why but um for both for on both parties anyways back to Atlanta I also don't know why brunch for Nini her little leopard brunch was at 5 p.m I mean it was like the the earliest person someone got there was like 3 p.m the earliest time and I'm like that's barely brunch I mean living here in the Atlanta area they really do have day parties and brunch all day including on Sundays and it will literally be from like 10 a.m to 5 p.m and I'm like I'm not just call that breakfast for dinner at that point. Because at that point, it's too late to call it brunch. And 5 p.m. was exceptionally too late. I'm very glad Portia came. I did not expect that. I don't know what the reason was other than, like she said, you know, her mama pushing her to do so because Portia's not wanting to do stuff she don't want to do. And I appreciate her effort. And I think Nini did too. And that made me happy because they're relationship used to be so cute and um I used to love them I really did tall and small and I think Portia needs a good Judy you know ever since you know Phaedra pissed it away with her illegal activity of um slandering someone's name and accusing them of something they did not do like uh rape so that was bad and I think that Nini and Portia had a cute little thing going. 
So I'm glad she came, and it looked like Nene was glad too, because Eva called from the hospital, literally about to give birth, and Nene goes, yeah, I'm talking to Portia. So she was like, you better talk right on around me. And it was so funny because Katie's energy, I mean, Kate, Katie, Candy's energy was so intense. She was like, why this? And why that? Why this brunch so late? Why is she not here? Why Kenya only came for 10 minutes? Because also, why did Kenya only come for 10 minutes? At that point, save the outfit. Don't put on the bra. Like, don't even come. Just go home. Like, there was no purpose in coming for 10 minutes. You didn't even have no chip and dip and salsa. So there was no point at all in coming. Um, But who were all these women? Like, a woman empowerment leopard brunch and... There were a lot of shady language. There was a lot of shady language in the invite. Portia was not wrong about that. So I was very confused as to, you know, why Nene tried to deny that other than, you know, deflection. But who are all these people? Nene needs to be constantly surrounded by yes people. That's where I've landed. And she needs to be careful because the downfall of all the OGs is happening one after the other. And the only one that probably won't go anytime soon is Teresa because, you know, her criminal husband is driving the whole show. So you're welcome. And soon to be ex. And then what do we have? Like, (laughs) then what do we have? Oh, God. Um, Katie was over the bullshit. Tanya is extra as hell. Kenya should have never just came for seven minutes. She should have literally just taken her ass home. Those are my highlights for the whole show. And, you know, I love that Eva went all the way to the brunch just to get into labor. Like, just to go right on into labor and to get dilated. You know, a for those who are wondering why Portia did not know, you know, how many centimeters she needed to be dilated. Because Portia was a C-section um, mommy. And let me tell you, the reason why Portia has even said a couple times that she, you know, people have said that she's pregnant. She's not. Um, she even said that they don't have any plans on doing that right now because she's not letting them hit allegedly, but they're in therapy. And she said that she would recognize a FUPA, which is a fat upper pussy area, like that little, you know, section pouch of skin over top your pelvis area. She was like, I represent, I would recognize a FUPA anywhere. You must be a C-section mommy because you never quite lose it. So I think that all, anything that she looks like now, first of all, I think Portia looks bad as hell. Bad in a good way. Like, she looks so fine, so good. Her curves are next level. She looks amazing to me. And I think she's always been thick and always looks good, but mommyhood looks great on Portia. She just even said, like, you know, as a C-section queen, she never has gotten rid of that section yet. And nor should she have, because that baby is brand new. Like, be kind to yourself, Portia. Take your time. You're, you're, you're fine. But I love how Eva Eva went into labor, went whole dilated, and just got her service checked. But at eight months, that baby didn't even want to go to this damn brunch, okay? That baby said, no, not today. We're not going to this. We're not dealing with this bullshit. I'm going to get you out of this, mom. I got you. So already that child is a hero and her mama's best friend. That is... All I had for Atlanta, that's pretty much all that happened. So thank you guys so much for listening. Up next, and as promised, I have Hannah Brown from the Brown-Eyed Unicorn. I just got it because she's brown-eyed, but also her last name is Brown. That makes sense. And we will talk about Pump, 
We will talk about Jersey and we'll talk about so many other things. It was so much fun talking with her. Literally, she's one of my favorite guests I've had so far. So, and she does these really weird and amazing impressions out of nowhere. And I'm just in love. So stay tuned. That is coming right up next. And again, this episode is thick as hell. So, you know, listen at your leisure. Take your time. Come back to it on the treadmill. If you do, take it with you because it needs to go on a diet. So enjoy. Have a great day. Up next, Hannah Brown and Monty. All right, guys, as promised, I am blessed to have Hannah Brown, not The Bachelorette. (laughs) I'm sure she gets that enough. This is a much better Hannah Brown. She is from the amazing podcast, very popular, Brown-Eyed Unicorn. It is one of my favorite things to listen to while I'm getting ready, as I often talk about that's when I do my pod, my best podcast listening. I am so excited to have her on. She has amazing interviews, amazing people that come on and post content very, very frequently. Thank you so much for taking time to do this, Hannah. Oh my God, Moni, thank you so much for having me. I am a fan of yours and I'm thrilled to be here. I also, I told you this before we started recording, but like I find your takes to be so, so hilarious and your voice to be so soothing. And I'm very honored <laughs> to be on Mixing with Moni. Thank you. I try to, I mean, I mean, no, I don't. I think in the early podcast episodes, I did actually try to have a very particular voice. And mm-hmm. then I was like, I can't fucking keep up with this. I'm just going to sound like me. And so it's, it, it's amazing. Probably is different every day, but like, I love your podcast. I was just talking to you off air about how I listened to your episode with, um, Han- um, you're Hannah. Rachel O'Brien from Vanip- uh, the early seasons of Vanderpump Rules. Yes. Um, comedian. I remember like, she was a part of that big plot line at that time about how yes. they were like into comedy, but like one didn't take it seriously. But like, no, I do. And then like my friend Rachel, she takes it very seriously. Yes. Rachel is a serious comedian. <laughs> Those were the very good days of Vanderpump Rules. And I would say Rachel had to be a serious comedian because she's the only one that actually is still doing comedy <laughs> literally and she's like not even on the show anymore she's just like living laughing loving like booked and busy i'm very happy for her no seriously i absolutely love her i am was sad when she left the show i used to love the background characters of vanderpump rules yes like i loved them the most it was like um there was that one really swirly couple that i loved it was like Jen and her boyfriend he was oh like, jen bush and her boyfriend jared yes, yes yes they had like a really cute swirly baby yes they went to go play with the baby like <laughs> mm-hmm. those were, it was like the days when the cast that we're watching now claim are grown up they yes. used to watch the other grown-up people of their same like workplace actually yes. be grown-ups a hundred percent which God, is hilarious because I- they were the same age <laughs> Yeah, my boyfriend also, I just want to say, just started watching season one, and he he was really shook up by Laura Lee. He was like, whoa, who is this girl? And like, what's her vibe? And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I was like, I miss her every day of my life. I also, like, I will never forget the bone-chilling moment when her and Jax are in a sauna, and Jax is like, sitting outside the sauna, and he's like, is this what it's like to talk to her dad? And she goes, my dad's in prison, you ass. I bring it up all the time. I'm like, what a fucked up joke to make to poor Laura Lee. Oh my God. And then like the episode of, um, I promise that this is not what we planned, but now I just can't stop. The episode with Laura Lee where um, I think she went to a meeting. 
and uh-huh. Jax was there and he basically fucked it up after she just got out of a fucking AA meeting. And I was yep. like, if there's never a moment that solidified this man being an asshole, if it wasn't him sleeping with his best friend's girlfriend, it yep. is this moment. Like literally who attacks somebody like tries to break up with them basically after they just got out of an AA meeting. A literal monster. That's what my boyfriend said. He's like, so let me get this straight. He just dumped her after an AA meeting? And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, yep, yep. Yeah, that's Jax. And it's like, this is the reason. And and it's so funny because I get a lot of slack all the time for how much I love James beyond just him being good on the show and something that we obviously needed. Before this episode, I was lost in the sauce. But... I did not put me on my phone. I didn't tweet a, a bunch of stuff or do a bunch of other things while watching this episode. And I attribute that to James. And it's not just because he's great TV. I'm always saying all of the years we watched Jax be an actual nightmare of a yep. human. Like not even a human. He was literally just a monster. Mm-hmm. And we can't cut James a little bit of slack when he is legitimately 10 years younger than this man. Yes, I was just going to say that. Sorry, keep he's going. A- He's a 40-year-old asshole. Like, Jax yeah. is not... And I always say, we met Jax at an age that was still older than when we met James. And Jax was being yeah. an asshole in his 30s. We've yes. only known all of them for about 10 years. We met Jax at, like, 29. We yes. met James at 21. Yeah. He was a He's, literal child. And I get it. I mean, I'm not excusing a lot of bad behavior for young people. I'm a young person. I don't do a lot of shitty things. I didn't excuse it for Max when I saw those tweets and stuff. People were like, you know, he was young. That's not always an excuse. But the difference is, if we're going to let Jax mistreat James for being an asshole, we have really lost our minds here. Agreed. Like, I, I honestly can't. There's a true Trumpian quality to Jax that just, like, keeps me awake at night that I really don't like. Like, his ability to gaslight and, like, galvanize people and, like, truly think that he's right. Yeah. I think he's the best I've ever seen at it. Like, and that's a little scary. Because it's like, could Jax be our president one day? Right. Is that where we're heading? Like, what power power will we continue to give this man? How far will we go? I know. I'm like, I'm terrible or terrified for when he and Brittany start having babies because I'm like, I don't need more of those two people running around this planet. They are going to procreate. I am absolutely. They're going to have like a litter, like seven kids. He said before they got married that he wanted them to basically start having babies right away. But then this group is so incestuous that he also said that the reason that they're not having babies right now, though there have been many speculations that Brittany is pregnant, is because Stassi and Lala's weddings are coming up and they're both in it. And they didn't oh my want... God. Can you believe? And Andy even told them, like, you sound ridiculous. You don't stop your life. For other people's weddings. That's right. stupid. Like, right. if you want to have a baby, have the fucking baby. Like, have the baby. Well, we didn't want to, like, not be able to go. And Stassi's is overseas and everything. I'm like, okay. First of all, I'm pretty sure you could have gotten pregnant and had the baby in the same amount of time I would have taken Stassi to plan this wedding. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, I, I know how badly Brittany wants to be a mom. But, like, do we really think she's going to be able to stop ripping shots of fireball for, like... And you know, the whole term, like that's going to be a big sacrifice for her. Like, I truly think she just didn't want to go to those weddings and have to be sober, which like, yeah, being sober at a wedding, like is boring. Like I get it, but I'm like, 
I'm like, girl, if you want to have all those kids, you're going to have to get used to it. And we know that Jax is like not going to like go down that sober road with her to support her. He's just going to like rage anyway. And she's just going to have to be like bored and pregnant by herself. Oh, yeah. He's not going to be a good, you know, partner through an entire pregnancy. No. This just led me to think is Lala going to be sober at her own wedding? This is crazy to think about. Oh, my gosh. Sobriety looks good on Lala. I'm really happy for her. I also think she's going to get pregnant like real soon after she's married. So I disagree. I think you do? she's so boring. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like human to human, I'm happy for her. But as far as like the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as the show, I need her to get way more involved and way more lit in these fights. She mm-hmm. is the reason. Another reason why I've always had an issue with people exiling James is because he and Lala used to do this shit together. So yes. Going to accept Lala, accept this man too, because they used to do it together. Like they used to yes. come after people. They walked into that little like happy hour thing they were doing. Just the two of them. They walked in and annihilated each person on that couch one by one. It was yep. great. I want that back, and I can't have that with just Lala, nor can I have it with a sober Lala. And I feel awful saying that. Sobriety is beautiful. Do that shit. Right. Be the best you can be. She's also going into like motherhood. She's going to be mm-hmm. a stepmom to two very young girls. She yeah. definitely should have her shit together. However, yeah. like However. space, enter, enter. I do not like it for the show. I I hear you. I also think like there's also a level of like fame and fortune and success that she's had because of Rand that I think has like eclipsed like the show for her. So it's like she doesn't need to start drama as much because she doesn't really need the show anymore. And that's what I that's what's frustrating is like I just miss her popping off on people all the time and saying fucked up things and being like, you know, my dukes are up. My dukes are up. She always loves saying that. She loves yelling at people. I would agree with you. And I also, so yeah, we're going to get into VPR and some New Jersey in a sec, but I think that I get a bit of a Beverly Hills vibe. Yes. I watch Vanderpump Rules now. And I've talked about this enough on my show. Um, You know, Kyle has so much involvement in the show that basically because she's so, she's friends with these ladies, she kind of filters what gets put on TV because they all kind of, don't want to talk about this and they think that if they orchestrate enough of particular drama they think because it's exciting or interesting for them that will like it and that's just not what happens yeah getting that vibe from Vanderpump Rules like they're all too close right now I know that they all want to look good and I'm like well reality show does not involve all of you looking good and I'm also sick of like Tom and Ariana, you know, falling on the sword for all these people when they're the only ones who have the balls to call their terrible behavior out, you know? I absolutely know. And I get it. Sandoval is egotistical. The entire cast is egotistical. I'm like, Stassi calling Tom egotistical is fucking rich. I'm like, Miss, it's my birthday. Like, get out of here. She literally kicked people out for making any kind of fuss on her birthday that yeah. wasn't about her. We watched it for years, and that's where I always get off, is that this group wants you to think that they've done so much work, but we have not seen it. You don't just get to, like, wake up one day and go, I'm a totally different person, and you suck for not being like me. Right. That's what I don't like. If you're going right. to be a good person, be a good person. I, I'm fully on board. We're aligned, Moni. I okay, hear great. you. I feel better about that. <laughs> Um, like that's always something I've actually, one of the few things I did where I admire about Lala is that she doesn't push her sobriety onto other people, but yeah. they all push their growth onto other people. That they yes. want everyone to be where they are. And that's why I'm team Kristen right now. It's why I've been team James. It's why I'm team Sandoval. Like he is the only one that will say, you should not do that. Like he called out 
he called out Katie for yeah. getting rid of James. He's like, what would you do that for when you could just like stay out of his way? But the moment Katie doesn't like something, we all have to bend to this. Like that's yes. it's it's fine for Schwartz, but it's not fine for the rest of us. And you can't tell someone how to do business, especially if now we found out she quit like two weeks later. I know that's so fucked up. I'm, I'm like, so you mean. pissed about that. I know, I know. That really pissed me off too. I knew it. I knew it. And this is why I just recently ranked all of the VPR cast um, from most annoying to least annoying. I realized that this is completely on the spot for you. So if you Mm -hmm. don't have a ranking of that already, I want you to hear mine and you can tell me what you think. Okay, great. All right. So from... Most annoying being 10 and least annoying being number one. Mm-hmm. Number one for me, the least annoying person on the whole cast is Ariana. Yeah. Though I talk about this person a lot, she annoys me the least is Lala, mm-hmm. then Sheena, mm-hmm. then Kristen, mm-hmm. then Stassi, which I prefaced by saying, see, I don't hate her. People really think I hate Stassi <laughs> and I don't. I just think she needs to be held fucking accountable. I agree with you on all that. Yeah. Then Sandoval, then Schwartz, then Brittany, then LVP's silk blouses. Uh-huh. And number 10 is Katie and Jack's tie for annoying me the most. Ooh. Okay, I really agree with most of your list, honestly. I could not separate Katie and Jack's, and I could not do them before LVP's silk blouses. Like, I had to put something in there that annoys me because they, both of them annoy me so much for such different reasons, but my anger for both of them is the same like it's the same level just for different reasons I mean the silk blouses there's nothing that frustrates me more than a rich person with bad taste I'm like come on yes, enough a stylist it literally anyone on this show at this point could hire a stylist and probably should and I'm just exhausted by the fashion choices but yeah especially LVPs um I the only switch I would make on your list is I would do Katie as number nine and then I would tie Brittany and Jax for number 10 like Brittany awakens a rage in me that I have not fully been able to get a grip on but I just find her to be the worst like from the way she laughs to the way she speaks that she thinks the word fastly is a word she's been a server Sounds for familiar. years yeah you're right she's been a server for years and doesn't know how to pronounce Malbec like I just I'm like just get it together and then to see she her have a drama drama like i can't let it go <laughs> to, i can't to, unhear it to see her like get all this money and be able to do like a bridal photo shoot for cosmopolitan while i sit here scraping pennies together to afford my rent it just infuriates me and i know we're gonna get to the stuff about the pastor but like after that i was just like it's gonna be a no for me dog No, I I get that. I feel very strongly about that as well. I think I'm newer to the I can't stand Britney train, Uh but I have arrived. I'm on it. We're in the car. It's going. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had Chelsea from Ono Bravo on like last week Mm -hmm. and she was talking about how she knew that it was time for Britney to get a, a bad at it. She was like, I just know that it's happening this season. And she's been so right so far. And she has you know, kind of convinced me that Britney's equally as much of a monster and that she's aware of what she's doing. And I believe that. I think Britney's very aware of what's happening. Yes, and and that's the thing, too, is, like, it's like you're co-signing Jack's Jack's behavior because 
you're his wife and he's your best friend and you know like you're blindly supporting this terrible person so I'm like just because every now and then you say like oh come on Jack stop it doesn't mean that you don't actually agree with some of the shit that he says and does like that's your husband it just like pisses me off right you're really just telling him to stop so that a you don't get in trouble and then yeah out so he doesn't get in trouble but maybe you should just challenge him to stop saying stupid shit exactly like, exactly. I cannot stand that she lets him get away with so many of the things that she does. And he, I mean, we don't even need to get in, even need to get into why Jax is an awful person. But I do think that Ariana always says about Stassi and um, Sheena, you either, you know, die as Sheena or live long enough to become a Stassi. Yeah. And I think you either die a Britney the way we first met her or live long enough to become a Jax. And I think she's morphing into her husband. I know it's really scary. I totally agree with that. And she's so stressed. And I wish she would just admit it and get off this fucking ride. And I don't think it's just for the fame anymore, which I used to think primarily she was doing this for. And I still think that's what she knew what she was signing up for. And they have some kind of contorted agreement. Like it's, it's going to be fine. We'll just figure it out together. How to manipulate all these people and to give us money and love. Right. Um, But now I think genuinely she is so stressed and she wants nothing more than to be married. She wanted to have a wedding and to be married. She did not want a marriage. Yep. I agree. Those, that Kentucky castle, that Kentucky dream she has. For sales. That one, that sent me as well. I was like, oh, is that just how y'all pronounce it in Kentucky? I was just like, enough. It's it Versailles. MVP too. She was like, what? Like, She's I like, never have been more concerned about yeah. anybody on that cast except for James drinking and Britney mm-hmm. saying Versailles. Yeah. Lisa was shook. Shook to her she, core. And I was too. And I get it. Like, no <laughs> one in all of Kentucky has been out of the country to Versailles. Right. Not one no of you. No one knows Come how on. to pronounce it. Not a single person in all of Kentucky. <laughs> I don't believe you. First of I don't all, believe you. Kentucky is not full of only Kentuckians. Right. There are people who go to school there because they have two of the best schools in the South yeah. for many, many reasons. And they some of them stay, maybe. So right. I'm pretty sure they would know how to pronounce Versailles. They surely the country. Like Brittany, shut the fuck up. You make your so your whole state look so bad. And I know. It's not fair to the Kentucky people. Because I don't want to have anything against them. But I have to because this is the representative they've given me. Honestly, Moni, you said everything that I was thinking better than I could have. <laughs> Take her back. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Send her home. Send her back to the farm with Mama and just like, I hope she lives a, an amazing life, you know, with her beer cheese and with Jax. But like, I'm just ready for them to be off of my TV. Like, I, I the rage I have for them isn't even fun anymore. Like, I just want them to just go keep away. Going. It's yeah. going to get worse. And the whole, I did not know this much of the season was going to be about their wedding. I'm very disappointed. That also then means that they had so fucking little to give me because they mentioned that it was going to be in the early parts of the season was going to be mm-hmm. the wedding. And this is no longer early. We are almost mid. So I am annoyed Scary. that we get so much of this for so long. I am thrilled, you know, just jumping ahead to the trailer we saw. If you didn't see the trailer, they addressed the fact that the pastor that was supposed to be the officiant of their wedding, Jackson, Brittany's wedding in Versailles. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out with some really hateful and bigoted remarks, which are so off par for a pastor. I'm shocked. At right. The hate. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, it- 
So he came out with some pretty bad remarks about, you know, the LGBTQ plus community and everything and, you know, fall on that spectrum where you might, which I will not fight people on because I will win and I don't have time to fight Mm -hmm. you on being ignorant. Um, But he came out with some stuff. Naturally, they're on a show that is centered around West Hollywood that had is at the helm and the namesake of a woman who claims to be a huge LGBTQ plus rights activist. So mm-hmm. naturally, Lisa was not having this shit, and nor should she have, and nor should anybody have, especially because Jackson Brittany, well, Brittany doesn't come off to be that kind of a person, and she seems to say she wants to love everyone. Jax. I can see him having zero problem with this because I have read many reports on why allegedly he's the reason Billy Lee quit everything. <gasps> oh, yes, girl. Oh, like, no. He was absolutely awful to her and was apparently, like, and allegedly, all alleged, he went to, like, LVP and producers and stuff and was like, why do I have to walk on eggshells around this person? Like, why? Like, what happens if I say something Hey, you just don't say things that are disrespectful right. to people. It's it's totally normal, especially in the workplace. Just right. Um, but he was basically saying that he can't work with this person because he does not know how not to offend and disrespect this person. Fuck that you, was dude. basically what um that was Billy Lee's account and allegedly what Jax did, and that's what made her want to quit. Not even just the show and sir, but like quit it all. Like she was like, keep it, like. Oh not God. worth it. I don't feel safe. I don't feel comfortable. But we want to talk about James and Kate. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. It's just every time I get off of that, it's like that just makes zero sense to me because you're talking about actual workplace harassment versus right. James and Katie fighting in the back of a restaurant. Jax is literally saying, I can't work in the same restaurant as this, as this person because I don't know how to talk about them. And yeah. Like, I mean, you know, Jax. Jax reminds me of like the dad in American Beauty who's like secretly closeted and like it says really like hateful things to his son. And like in that, I think you you know that whole like subplot with Jax and that guy in Miami and like how they may or may not have had like a tryst at some point. Yes. I feel like Jax has had curiosity sexually in all the directions and I think that he hates himself for it and I think being married to Brittany whose family is like overtly homophobic has like really awakened a lot of his own anger at himself regarding those explorations he may or may not have had and so hence he's homophobic and transphobic and it's fucked up and really sad yeah we heard it when he said it on watch it happens live to and about Ariana. Yes. And why do you care? Brittany should have given so much more than a Jack. Stop. Don't say that. Because what he said about Ariana was absolutely fucking disgusting. Um, that she won't ever give Tom, you know, the life that he wants because she's secretly a lesbian. Which, first of all, bitch, Ariana is still a woman. Women, no matter their sexuality, can have babies. That's right. Biological. That's their anatomy that has nothing to do with their sexuality right if that's what she wants she could give him a baby if she wants to or if she doesn't want to because it's her fucking vagina secondly if she is a lesbian and did get with a woman she could still have a baby funny how that works right he's such an idiot i can't i cannot stand him and i just find it very interesting that this i've made a note that i don't think that this pastor storyline 
was a part of the plan. And I get a lot of the vibe this season that so much of this season is what they all thought would be good drama. And it's just, it's falling flat. And all you have is our good girl, Sheena. She's a hero. She lays her life on the line every day to be pathetic for us, for our yep. entertainment. And Kristen, that's all you have giving us something because they've manufactured all these fights to think that like, oh, this will be interesting. And it's just not been. And I think that's why Brittany is crying in every minute of the trailer for next week. It's yeah. Did not see this coming. No, it's like everything's unraveling and her squeaky clean, like I'm just a nice Southern girl image is like, you know, being washed away and I'm not mad at it. Like yeah. if I have to see her on my TV, I want to see her ass called out. Oh yeah. And I'm glad. And I hope that Tom slaps Jack's back because that's what she wished on him mm -hmm. by her husband. I hope that the same thing happens. So that is what's happening next. And let's just quickly jump into a couple of things that happened this episode that were worth mentioning. And they yeah. weren't much. That's why we spent so much time talking about everything else. But <laughs> <laughs> not many things happened. I thought it was a decent episode. It's Pride. This was probably the most boring of all the Pride episodes we've ever gotten. Yeah. So much of it was just filled with inflated ego that we right. didn't get much. They were all just basically like, look at how amazing we are. Jax literally says something about how this is going to fucking suck. No, no one wants to see the wait staff on a float. They'd rather, they'd rather see me on a float. And I'm like, mm, mm. I don't know if I'd want you waving at me from a float on Pride. I don't want to. I don't want to see Jax anywhere. I don't want to see him on a float. I don't want to see him on a boat. I could write like a Dr. Seuss book about all the places I don't want to see Jax. <laughs> you know. I wonder if he knows what Pride is for. Do you think he does? Because I don't think he does. No, I think, I think he, he thinks, just thinks the colors are cool. Yeah, and then it's like a day to rage. Wait, I just thought of this Dr. Seuss line that I just want to say. I don't want to see Jax on a float. I don't want to see Jax on a boat. And I don't want to see him in Lisa's moat. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't want to see him any fucking where. That doesn't necessarily rhyme, but it's what I feel, so. <laughs> I am... The Pride episode took place pretty much the majority of the second half of the show, the first half, I genuinely do not remember other than um, my girl Raven from Manly Bravo, the unfriendly black hottie, did yes. a meme of a bunch of the kids doing coloring and said, Jing, and she said it as um, Sheena and the JV squad getting ready for Pride. That's so good. It's oh my God, how so did I not funny. see that? It's That's... hilarious. And I could not agree with anything more. Genius. And then we get... A scene that makes zero sense where Ariana decides to come. There's a lot of scenes that are happening this season that make zero sense. And mm -hmm. it's pretty much centered because Lisa got fired slash left Beverly Hills and now wants filming time. Because right. we're at her house more than we're at any of our restaurants. Yeah, I don't really care about like... I don't know when anytime we're forced to be at like Villa Rosa with Lisa, it just feels so manufactured. And like, with all due respect to Lisa, I'm just like, I want to see the messy kids. I don't need to see like you like limping around with a slipper. Right. And she's just basically like this, that ego. I'm no longer on Beverly Hills, but I want people to still see me in my fabulous life. Right. But I don't for a minute believe that you have your workers come to your house this often. No, not, no, they don't even live near you. This is not a thing. 
Right. I know. I always think about that. I was actually thinking about that this week where I'm like, I wonder if the days they have to film at Villa Rosa, they're like, fuck, I have to drive all the way to Beverly Hills. Well, I guess they all live in West Hollywood, but like Beverly Hills isn't like a hop, skip and a jump for me. It's like a 45 minute drive. So like, I would not be pleased if I were asked to film at Villa Rosa. Right. And don't like half of them live in Valley Village. That's yeah. Like that's far. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen this entire season. When he was imitating Katie and he was like, I'm going to go back to my house in Valley Village. And I was like, <laughs> I love this man. <laughs> I, I love when he does impressions of them and when he does an American accent. Like, he does great It was work. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I just found that to be so funny. And I don't know why. It was the hand on the hip, the head nod. Uh-huh. And he was like, I'm done with you. I'm going to go back to my house in Valley Village. And I was like, that's Katie. I get it. I see it. I see it. I'm picking up what James is putting down. I absolutely love it. But what I did not love was Ariana deciding that Lisa was the best person to talk to about her chronic depression that we've literally seen her struggle with for years. And she talks to her about it. She talks about how she's basically had bordering suicidal thoughts of if I just drove my car off this cliff, it would be okay. And she's like, how am I thinking about this right now? And I'm like, as a mental health advocate myself and someone who has struggled with multiple mental um, health issues, I do have diagnosed anxiety and clinical depression, often bipolar depression. Uh I was like, okay, red flag, red flag, red flag. She's not okay. And we've seen it for a long time, which is typically how depression works. It can Mm -hmm. be circumstantial, which is what Lisa was talking about. It happened. It was induced with her brother's passing. Right. But with Ariana, it can also be chronic and you can be depressed and you can have depression. And Ariana has depression. And right. Lisa's answer was, let's work it, sir. Yeah. Let's a take you back to this extremely week. triggering environment and make you work behind a bar. I don't know that that's the solution. Right. And the reasoning was so that she can have a reason to put her makeup on and get up in the morning. Mm. I'm like I don't know I'm like Lisa have you done research on this I mean I get that like a lack of routine when you're depressed like truly makes it so much worse like it's good to have places where you need to go and like feeling like you have a sense of purpose but being like you know put a little blush on and come to sit like I don't know that that's the solution but I also know that if you have depression and it goes untreated unnoticed and basically un addressed for a certain amount of time you can have four routines and you won't show up to any of them bitches that's true yep like it's happened i literally had a very very serious depression my entire last year of college and Mm -hmm. i don't even know how i graduated i missed so much fucking school when i transferred into college i transferred to my state university i went through it i did not go to school more than eight times the entire semester and, Damn. I was, and I had a routine. I paid for all those classes. They were mine. Right. I, were, I knew what I was supposed to be. That's what I did every day. I ate Kraft mac and cheese and I washed Meredith Grey. That's what I did every single yeah. day. Like to the point where it became like it was painful to even go to like take a shower. And I know it's like, go take a shower, go outside. And to walk to go get the Kraft mac and cheese, maybe six paces from my apartment building on campus. It was right next to a 7-Eleven, like literally could be there and back in 10 minutes. And there was a long line. Could not do it. Couldn't fathom getting out of my bed. And what I don't understand, and that's like every depression works differently for everyone, but at no point would I ever tell anyone who has even had a little bit of depression, go work at a bar. (laughs) 
I know. That's no, I agree need. with you. Yeah, I have had my own issues with depression too, where it's been like, like I can't pick up the phone. I don't want to respond to anyone. I can't. I can't shower. I can't get out of bed. Yeah, for me, it was like I binge watched This Is Us for like three weeks straight, and oh, was that like, did not help. It's okay. I did right. I did Grey's Anatomy, and that was just put me. Didn't it just make it makes it worse? Grey's Anatomy and This Is Us are just gonna make you weepier. Right. Like you just close the blinds. <laughs> you get under the covers. You like don't put and a bra on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, this, this is it. Is, I'm not. I don't want to be now. anywhere else but in my comforter. Exactly. And, which makes me interested because Lisa did talk about how she went to counseling for her. She went to grief counseling mm-hmm. and she talked to Lala about the same thing a couple of weeks ago. Why are we not giving Ariana the same advice? Like I, I don't, I understand that somehow this is storyline and I know what Ariana's feeling is real, but the way they record they're taping it is not. And that's what I have an issue with. This is not a storyline to me. Like I don't find mental health to be storyline worthy. Right. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't track for me. People had an issue with a couple of weeks ago, I think the first or second episode, Ariana's hair growing like oh, in that the was same ridiculous. And yeah. it was about this same conversation, the depression thing. And the reason why apparently it was because it was like 30 days in between that they filmed it. And then they were like, hey, we don't have what we thought we wanted for this. Can we come? Like, they wanted to refilm it. I forget what it was called exactly. I heard about mm-hmm. it on the Romans Bravo. They actually like got in contact and found out what this was. But even then, I'm like, that's a really weird thing. I said it then. That's a weird thing to re-record. I don't right. think that that conversation is what you want to reshoot. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. How are we here? Like, right. I know. I'm like interested to see what it's going to be like to have Ariana back at Sir. I just like can't imagine. And yeah, I know some of this is for storyline, but like any job I've ever left, like the feeling of going back under any circumstances has to just be like bizarre, like having to be there and like make drinks. Like, fuck that. I hope she only had to be there for filming and then doesn't have to go there anymore. I heard a few of them, but that's the case for all of them that are still there. Like they, it's like contractual for like a day or two. Although I've also heard that Sheena really does like the like the the, the attention, and that she really I, does go to work there. I love her. I love her for loving that. I love her too because she wants people to. Also, I can kind of think about how the chances are that when you are a server at Sir and you're a Sheena, your tables aren't going to be awful to you like they would to a regular server, which sucks right. America is mean to their service people. Right. But Sheena, like, they're gonna, she's going to get the people that are like, oh, my God, we love you. Um, what do you recommend? Um, would you have a drink with us? Like, she's going to get those kind of people. Totally. And that is kind of fun to make money off of. I'm not going to lie. So. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love how you have, like, Stassi and Bo who are like, like Stassi's like I don't want to be out in the world because like everyone's going to recognize me and I just like don't want to take pictures and like I just get exhausted and I want to be at home and like I honestly think like if I were the level of famous that any of these people are I would probably get exhausted from all that stuff too but I love how for Sheena it's like fuel like she loves it it makes yes, her happy. let's keep going yeah she's like <laughs> I want to get on the bar and I want to sing good as gold I literally said this on my podcast like today I'm like I want to see Sheena Shea at the age of like 75 in a crop top or like a leotard singing good as gold on the bar at Sir. like I want that for her oh she was so winded and out of breath god bless her oh uh, yeah she was she sort of had this like 
level of phoning it in that reminded me of like a Mariah Carey performance when she's just not in the mood to do it, but like has to. Right. Yeah. And I respected it. <laughs> um, their fight, her well, her conversation with Dana. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you interested? I was not interested. Well, I mean, I said like woman to woman, as they always say on this show, woman to woman. I respected Dana for being assertive with Sheena because like I like how she as a new person is like, I don't really give a fuck. I'm going to call you out if you're being a dick to me. And like, I'm mad that I didn't get to like get my hair done like so I I appreciate her having the balls to like say all that shit to Sheena but like it didn't escalate into a fight it was just like Sheena took a couple puffs of her inhaler and then was like okay cool and I was like and she apologized you don't apologize for being the mean girl exactly I was like like again as a human it's like Lala's sobriety as a human I'm like you go girls work it out but then as a viewer I was like of course I would like to see you guys get messy in the back alley of sir like that's how this show started right and I kind of don't I want Sheena to have it in her to be a mean girl I I just do and the fact that she doesn't means that I feel like my time was wasted this whole time and none of this needed to be a thing just ignore her at that point but I do get it I understood a little bit of what Sheena was saying. This girl kind of did swoop in and is friends with all her friends and, you know, even takes her guy. Like, Sheena, we get so used to calling her pathetic and saying that she's boy crazy and just saying that she just wants to fit in. But she kind of has a point. And I, as a fellow tourist, as Sheena is, would be Mm -hmm. a little annoyed if this new girl just came in here and was a better me and I worked hard to be in on this group for literally a decade. That's true. I mean, I never really thought about that. I was definitely like team Dana in this fight, but that's true. Sheena did have to like scrape her way into she this group. She clawed yeah. her way up into this and is still not respected on the same level. But instantly Dana gets here and they're going to her fucking comedy show. That's very they true. They went to Sheena's showcases in the early years and they just basically went to make fun of her. Right. And, but they're laughing at Dana. And I'm just like, what's happening here? Why? And it's not because I don't like Dana. I think she's probably fine. I think she's a mix to me between an Ariana and a Stassi. And that really throws me off. I, I know. Like I see that. Duplicates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like duplicates. And I mean, her and Danica are literally duplicates of each other and then of the other ladies. So that's a little stressful for me. But beyond that, this episode, the Sheena thing was like, that was supposed to be the pivotal moment, but it wasn't. James was the only thing worth talking about. He's able to come back. He did a shift at Tom Tom. He was a DJ there. He was not in the closet sitting on toilet paper. He was out on the floor doing big things, making shit happen. Oh and my God. He, yeah. Phone rages were cow to come and watch him because she almost missed his set. And then she comes, she watches she goes back to start where she was supposed to be working and Peter, a little more calmly, rages to her that she should have been there and James leaves her high and dry when it was his fault. Like, oh my God. She has a mind of her own, but I was like, wait, you're just going to abandon her? Well, you made her come. Oh my God. James was such a psycho the way he talked to her. He was like, how dare you miss my set, Raquel? Like, when he called her, I also <laughs> thought that he was, like, when I saw the trailer and how he was speaking to her, I thought he was already sober at this point. So I was like, oh my God. Like, not saying being drunk excuses talking to someone that way, but like, if you were sober and talked to her like that, I'd be even more alarmed. And then I was like, oh, it you sounds just like, like the problems are 
personality and not, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. not alcohol induced. That's just, yeah. I was are. just like, I can't believe it. And like the way he spoke to her was so beyond insane. And then she was like, it's okay. I love you. <laughs> and I was like, Raquel, like, it's not okay. Like you need to call his shit out. Like he can't talk to you like that. Right. Didn't she say something like, um, I just try not to rile him up because I know he can sometimes explode. I'm like, that's not a upsetting yeah. thing. And if you have to walk on eggshells in your relationship, like not to sound really snowflakey, that's borderline abuse. Right. Like, if you feel like you can't talk in your own relationship or he's going to like freak out on you, that's a problem. Like, Agree. Problem. Yeah. And okay. I love James. I just don't think he should be dating anyone ever. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think he has some growth to do. And I think he is doing it right now. And I'm happy for him. I want to see him in a good place. And I also just want to see him on my TV, like making fun of people. Because I don't I think he'll still be fun, even if he's sober. Like, I think he'll still make the like, you know, oh, the yeah. funny jokes all the time. I actually find him to be so endearing and that he really just got off. He started late. I just feel like he started late understanding what would be good for him and what he deserved. And that's really hard to undo, even after only 20-something years on the planet. It's really hard to undo all these years of thinking that you're not going to have certain things and then being exposed to it. And then now you do. And now you don't know what to do with information. Right. By yourself. Like how weird. You know what I mean? When you buy a whole apartment or a whole big house. Yeah. It's your first major thing, first major purchase. And you're just like, so wait, what do I need? Like, yes. I don't know what I, I know. I need a couch and I know I need a table, but like there, are, it's more than that. It's also like curtains and mattresses and bedposts and, and all drawers. Yes. And he's like, uh, uh, he's trying to piece it all together and buy things like one at a time. And he's just like, I don't know where to start. And I think that's what happened. Like, he got like this whole big house and realized that his life is his own to make whatever he wants out of it, good or bad. And he's like, I think I want good, but I don't know what that looks like or where to start. What right. And like, <laughs> and navigating being on a show with these people who like, have never and will never accept you and be like, okay, I have to film with them and I want to be a happy, successful person. But it also like, it has to weigh on you after years and years and years of this entire group of people essentially bullying you. You know what I mean? And for them to just accept Lala again, they accepted her after all the things she said and did, but they did not accept James and he lost his friend to this and he doesn't get a place. Right. And he's like, it's like coming to the party, bringing a gift. And you're just like, so I don't get to sit down. Right. Okay. And that's kind of like what Sheena had to feel about Dana. It's like, okay, after all that I did, I still don't get let in, but she does. Why? Like, you're going to naturally take it out on the person that you think is the target. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I feel so. I, I feel for him, but I feel like he has. He, to me, is someone who I think has potential. We met so many of them when I just thought that they were monsters without any hope i actually mm-hmm. think james had there's hope for james because this show is not going to last forever and by the time it's over which i think is coming relatively soon by yeah. the time it's over he still has a life where he can change some of yeah jets is beyond repair well yeah i mean james has an actual skill like he's gonna be fine i think he's truly like a charismatic and talented enough person like that he will figure this shit out but yeah i mean like Jackson and Brittany are going to be hawking shit on Instagram, like, for as long as they can. With beer cheese, with a label that's not centered in the middle of the lid. 
Yes. And, and the fucking sunglasses and the Peloton and whatever the fuck else. And they I want just love money. how she shoe dazzle and Stassi's just fab. And it's just like, if you're going to get your subscription shoes, it's often, even though I think they're pretty much the same company, it's often compared that shoe dazzle is like the patent leather mm-hmm. to the just fabs vegan leather. Uh huh. Neither of them are leather. Yeah. <laughs> but the shoe dazzle is like the pay less online. I agree. I, I I actually was looking at Just Fab recently because Instagram keeps throwing everyone's Just Fab lines in my face. And of course they do. There's some really cute shoes on there, though. I'm like, ooh, I'm No, they're actually interested. really good. I mean, in college, they were – that was the only thing I could afford. It's $35 shoes. It's the best price. Yeah. So I love my Just Fab shoes. And Stassi's line is actually quite good. It's just so funny because – Brittany is the shoe, and I don't dislike shoe dazzle. I do a lot more now dislike it because of Brittany. But right. <laughs> if you have your choice, to me, that's the thing. Is that Stassi was able? She is the more marketable of the of the two, and of the whole. For sure. That makes sense to me. Which again always questions me. What the hell is Katie doing all day? I know. I thought she needed to go back to work. Granted, it's not to help with your depression. If anything, it's to help keep your mind on something else so you're not knitting i can't who really went to katie's house to watch her knit right i know who what was that day of filming like that? yeah that's so funny he was probably like you want to take a shot before you start the next set or right anything else like nope okay that's like it's so bad it's one of the worst throwaway scenes i've ever seen in my life Ugh. watching her struggle with the needles was funny though she was like yeah, oh because yeah. and like no talents or skill yeah, the thought of just sitting in your house all day trying to knit, like, that just stresses me out. Yeah, I could not do that. I would just rather watch TV and look like a bum. Same. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you they don't do anything else. They don't work all day. But that's very much so unlike the Jersey cast who got into a pretty big sprawl about what it means to who's really working. And oh, my God, yeah. Doing. And I... That is a jump ahead, so we're going to backtrack a little bit. But I absolutely enjoy this Jersey episode start to finish. I cried twice. I, I did cry in it. I like I really liked the sentimental scenes. I wanted – ooh, sorry. I just hit my knee on my table. It didn't hurt. Um, oh, no. I, <laughs> I liked the sentimental scenes. I wanted a little more drama. I wanted a little more fighting. But, like, I did really like those, like, soft, sweet scenes. And I think we're going to get them. We're in the Jersey Shore house now. Like, that yeah. was the, the, this episode was a precursor for that. So yeah. I like set up episodes like this because I can see things brewing already. Yes. I'm over here looking like that's going to be a fight. Oh, okay. No, that'll come up later. Like Margaret even says at one point about Jennifer, this one, she's on my list. And I'm like, ooh, we're counting down. And Danielle being in the Jersey Shore miraculously the same weekend. Oh, yeah, we're going to have some things going on. Oh, for sure. I want her to, like, walk into the house unannounced and be like, hello, everyone, I have arrived, and just have them all, like, shit their pants. <laughs> I love these impressions so much. Oh, my God, thank you. Do we think that Teresa actually gave um, Danielle the address? Because Melissa asked her flat out, and she said no. I think she did. What do you think? You do. I think production did. Yeah, because someone Robert did. Give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, totally. Someone did. Yeah, I think that 
if anything, we're I mean, we're going to get a Danielle scene. We see it in the previews already between her and Melissa. So that must be known to be guaranteed. Right. Um, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about this prom thing. It wasn't very long, but I thought it was very sweet, even though yes. we all saw that it was going to happen. They've been talking about it all season. We've seen it on Instagram, but still seeing it, I loved Joe um, coming over, bringing Gia flowers. She cried because uh, her dad's not there, but he's like a second dad, and I melted that he brought her flowers. I always call him the lovable misogynist. Yes, he that's is. what he is, but he's so endearing. Like He really is. That was really sweet. I know. I love him and Melissa together. Later on in the episode, I didn't like when he's like, you didn't take care of me tonight, like, or last night. Like, I got blue balls. But in this moment with the flowers, he was really sweet. See, lovable misogynist. Yeah, exactly. I would not be okay with anyone, with my husband telling any man, oh, your wife, she's a bitch. She needs to be railed more. Like, you need to have more sex with her. So messed up. So fucking ridiculous. I know. I think Jennifer's issues are personality driven, not because she's not getting enough sex. Also, that is not the answer to any woman having a problem with your wife or anybody else. Right. She needs to have more sex. It's that maybe she feels disrespected. Maybe she feels upset. Maybe there are other things happening than women feeling only one emotion and it's horny. Exactly. I was like, you're an idiot. I did appreciate Bill though for like leaning into the joke later and being like, guess I just need to have sex with my wife. Like, kind of like, I'm going to get some tonight. I know I need to have more sex with her. Yeah. I was like, you go Bill. He's better off than he's better than I thought. And I same. We'll get into this in a second and why I don't dislike Jennifer as a person as much as I probably should. Um, But again, it was really sweet that, Gia and Frankie went to prom together. I thought they look very cute together. Yes. Dolores all but pushed it on us that she is Italian and old school. So she wants to set them up and get them married because I know the family. I love the family. Yeah. I'm like, you do? (laughs) I know. She's like, I know her mother. I've known her since she was a kid. I'm like, I would love nothing more than for Gia and Frankie to date, but I don't want to get my hopes up. Also, not right now. They'll come back in like eight years. She exactly. just got to Rutgers. Like, exactly. Just, like, give her let her second. live. Let her date some of the bad frat boys. Let her yes. graduate. Let her have a little bit of a career. Frankie will still be around. He's a sweet, sweet boy. Like he loves his mom. He is very respectful. He seems like a really good kid. So, yeah. And Gia does also seem like she is very level-headed. So, like, let her just have her fun, though. She has not had Gia time because her parents have been criminals for about a decade now. Right. So, let her just have a little fun, and then she'll come back and maybe hit with Frankie. Did you like Gia's dress? I did. I thought she looked beautiful. I did, too. I thought it was very non-traditional prom, and I loved that. I loved the color. Yeah, I liked how it was like a mermaid silhouette. She looked beautiful in it. Like I for a jersey prom, I would have expected like a big old like cupcake dress with like jewels all over it. I love that she didn't want that. And she said at, at the dress shop. She was like, I don't want that. Yeah. And I loved that she like, yeah, got something that was just very her and clearly made her feel really pretty. I know. I'm very happy for her. Um, and then no no cries. Yes. And how beautiful she is. And I lost my shit. Yes. He was just like, wow, she's so pretty. He loves his friend. I mean, I think I love Nono more than at least three full sets of housewives. Oh, for sure. Nono's the sweetest. I love him making octopus at like six in the morning. I love him crying. 
he's just he's he's iconic he's so he has sweet red wine with his breakfast yeah he's so Donald italian great man i love him so deeply and when he saw gia he lost his mind and i was just like oh this man and i loved Teresa running around like a chicken with her head cut off because she was so she wanted it to be so perfect she's i know such a good mom to me like to, almost to a fault like they don't appreciate it enough of her yeah and i just want her to be like hang in there they will like that's always what happens especially with daughters they they catch up they right. get older and they're just like my mom is a fucking badass right right <laughs> they become yeah, I, um do you remember D- dolores's daughter's name i don't remember it oh gabrielle right so gabrielle mm-hmm. was like talking to her mom about how she doesn't want this man to take advantage of her she that's what i'm telling Teresa. it will catch up they will come home one day from college and be like mom it is you it is all about you i want right. you to be okay right so true yeah i i think Teresa. yeah watching her run around with all those balloons and putting the pastries on a plate and putting melania to work just to make everything perfect for gia was really sweet and it did like break my heart that like any big event that Gia's had in her life, she hasn't had both of her parents there for. It's just so fucking sad. That is really sad. And it makes me even sadder that now every daughter after her is going to have the same fate. Yeah. That sucks to me. Eighth grade prom, um, homecomings and proms and graduation days. This is all going to get really messy. And I've always, I've often said, I feel awful for the kids, but I don't feel sympathy for Joe. Like, I do feel awful for the kids because they didn't ask to be here. Right. But also, this is the risk Joe knew he was taking. You have a fucking family. Like, yeah, if there's I... ever a reason to go straight, it's because you have kids. Right. I know. he He's a real mess. And, like, I, I know that we have to have this storyline, but, like, to me, it's like, I'm just kind of sick of it. Like, he's just overtly so shitty to Teresa. And, like, I feel bad for the girls. Like, it just, to me, it feels, like, just too dark and too sad for my reality TV, honestly. So, for me, I feel a little different because Mm -hmm. I'm interested. And we haven't had this much interesting, like, plot in years with Jersey. There was, like, five straight seasons of, eh. So, I'm interested I am invested because I know this family and I've always known Joe to be a shitty person. And it is something to watch how shitty he really was. Like right. without him even being there. Like it's not even a matter of we don't just hate him like we do other house husbands that are terrible. We're sitting here being like, oh, you really fucked this up. Like you right. are awful of a human start to finish inside out. Like that is really interesting to me, but I don't find it to be too dark because for some reason I've always felt Jersey to be the darkest of all the franchises. That's true. Since season one, like that we were dealing with whole mobs and like That's mafia true. shit and prostitution horror was season one. Like yeah. the christening was only season three, episode one. Like, so for me, it's always been this dark and it That's started with true. Caroline Manzo's tone. She would always talk like she was sitting at a sit down in The Godfather. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Me. It kind of has always been about family. like, yeah, it's always been about like family, like family dynamics. Like you gotta stick with a family. <laughs> you mess with my family, you mess with me. <laughs> oh my god, I could do that all day. That was. Amazing. Oh my god, thank you. It's all I was about not the family. Prepared for that. Oh my god, you you never know when I'm gonna drop a manzo on ya. That was fantastic, and that is so incredibly true. And that's the only reason why I don't have a problem with. 
you know, how dark they can go. But I'm loving, which again, we will circle back to, but I'm loving Teresa and revealing to us how much her eyes have been opened. Yes, I love her spilling the tea. And how much she put up with. I was like, yes. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, my God. That's really what I was feeling. Oh, my God. Watching. Yeah, with all the bullshit with the prenup and like him not even wanting to get married, and then the burner phone that he had for like the, his ex girlfriend's sister. sister who was trying to buy a house. It was so shady. I'm like, okay, so you're probably mm-hmm. banging. Like, why would you have a secret cell phone? Right. Why doesn't she just call your office? Like, right. She's trying to actually do office shit. Right. Professional shit. Right. Like, oh, God, what an awful human. And, like, the way that she was talking, I mean, even everyone in the room was shocked. I was shocked. Mouths were open. Like, I could tell Joe wanted to fight. Like, Joey. Yeah. He was not feeling that information about, you know, how this man was respecting his sister. He was not having it. And I appreciated Marge telling Teresa, you've put in your time. Like, you put in a thousand percent more than you ever should have. So I appreciate you wanting to be a good wife. But you've done your work. Like, you really, you went to jail. So you you went above and beyond yeah. at this point. Yeah, I agreed with her, too. I was like, you know, enough is enough. I kind of just want Teresa to, like, be free and, like, find, uh, you know, some hot dudes and, like, live her bliss. Because she has been dragged through the mud with all of Joe's bullshit for a very long time. telling her that. Like, let's go look at some men. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, just kidding. But she's not kidding. Um, and right. I, literally love that and I did see the bonding moment between Marge and Teresa I felt it it made sense to me I did think Jennifer was getting a little annoyed that she was bonding with her and I don't mind Jennifer I'm a little bit of a Jennifer apologist but that moment it it literally did look like though in that moment right that she was just upset that Marge and Teresa are literally going through something very similar in that they're both getting sued and they know that they don't have any other choice but yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I was like, Jennifer, what do you like? I didn't understand what the point was at like making a dig at Marge. I thought it was sweet that Marge was trying to like, be like, Hey, we, you know, I have legal issues too. And it's financially stressful. And, and Jennifer just sort of, yeah, I feel like that's the thing is like, I find Jennifer to be a good mom and I find her to be like entertaining and like funny. But then sometimes I'm just like, why are you choosing this to be rude about right now? Like some of the shit she says, I'm like, why? insecurity and to me it was like a little bit more of a dig at Teresa even because to say well you know she doesn't have a partner right now you that's true get it I'm yeah. like that's like the quintessential mean girl line of like well you know she's going through a lot right now you know she just had a period yesterday in class right like, why are you bringing this up like yes to say that is more a dig at the expense of the person you're talking about not the person you're talking to Right. And like Teresa's on this fucking couples trip with all of you by herself talking about her husband who's like in ice custody like and has cheated on her. Like, why bring that up? And that she's fighting for a million times and that she right. resents because she's draining all her money in this man who wants who's awful to her. But he knows she won't stop fighting because of his daughters and she right. won't stop fighting because of her daughters. And it, that's the sad part. And like Marge is like, hey, I get it. It sucks when you have to work for something that it doesn't directly benefit you. I get right. it. I'm right there with you, girl. You can't take this debt. You're going to have to pay it. So I understand 
it sucks when you work you want to have you want to see the fruits of your labor and that's what Teresa was saying is that I feel like I should be so much farther and Marge is like don't I get it I have a 20th year birthday I mean anniversary for my business and I, what am I using it for to pay lawyers like I don't get to use that right. money for myself I'm right. selling my like dream lot and my home and everything like it sucks and I think that was a good moment for Teresa to feel like she's not alone right and yes it sucks but there is a thing at the end of the tunnel like because you're strong women and you will get there. But Jennifer was like, no, no, she's my friend. Y'all didn't even want to talk to her last year. I want to talk to her. She's my friend. I know Jennifer it can be very juvenile in the way she chooses to handle things, including but not limited to passive aggressively bringing a T-shirt that says sorry, not sorry to a vacation. Yeah. And I was like, why did you have to have it made? You can find a million of those on Etsy. for Right. Like, so it's not true. that hard. You can just get one off Etsy. It's not a big deal. But I will say. And I hate to kind of end it here, but I actually love the way Jen is as a separate from the group. Me too. I like her as a wife. I like her and her husband's dynamic. Weirdly, I'm enjoying it now. She is a badass mom. I do not like the conversation of working mom versus stay-at-home moms. I don't think it's fair. I think if you push out a child, you are already the strongest person in the room. Male, female, child, girl, boy, whatever. You are the strongest person in the room if you have a child. Uh, if you make a child, if you adopt a child, foster, whatever kind, if you are taking care of a kid, you are a badass, period. Totally. difficult, okay? Yeah. So, and Jennifer has five kids. Five. That is a hard fucking job. I know. It, that That's like, I agree. I don't, I think work in general is always hard but like yeah given the choice for me personally I can't speak for anyone else for me personally given the choice to like go to a job and then send my non-existent children to childcare and then just get to see them in the morning and at night like to me that's ideal I think having to be with your kids and like occupy them and like make sure they're okay like all fucking day like that's exhausting it's not yeah, not you don't get a lot of adult time you don't get a lot of time to yourself everything, yes exactly everything you do every moment you have is devoted and literally donated to this kid being well and right. that is really hard to kind of grasp and you can never give up you can't really stop like right it goes on for the rest of your life and she has five of them so I can't imagine you know what that's like and to think and to say that you know she doesn't work and she doesn't have a job because of that and I was like Marge you know better I know you know better there right. is no such thing as a working mom versus a stay-at-home mom thing if you are a mom you're killing it period point blank because I am the child care provider Mm-hmm. I am an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. I run it. I direct a camp in the summer. Like, damn, good for you. I work, I work with children year round, and I'm like, I could stop this at any moment. These aren't my people. These right. Don't, these don't belong to me. And I am where you drop your kids off. And I seen parents come super late and borderline cry because they know their kids are pissed because their kids don't know. Mommy had a meeting. She was supposed to pick you up, and the kid is pissed. And mom's like, I'm so sorry. Are they mad at me? Like. I know what that's like. And I've had moms come home and be like, I'm a stay at home mom, but I have, I just had a newborn and I'm sorry. I'm late for pickup because the baby wasn't eating. And I'm like, right. I'm so sorry. Do you want me to keep your kid like another hour? Like I will. <laughs> right. right. Know I want to go home. So I feel like shout out to Jen and to see what she's doing with Gabby. First uh, of all, all these kids bullying Gabby. If any of you parents are in Jersey, and you're listening to this, find those kids. I want to have a conversation with them. Me too. I love Gabby. Yeah. 
I I agree. Fucking I, I I just love Gabby and it breaks my heart that people are like throwing balls at her head and like kids are so mean. Ugh. I've been bullied a lot in my life and I just want to be like, Gabby, it's going to be okay. It won't be like this forever. You're amazing. I loved that they had, you know, that Jennifer decided to take her to Stevens. Yes. Um, you know, big show and to be like, look, it gets better. There's a place for everyone. Obviously, you know, everyone finds their place. Everyone finds their people and their community and their tribe. It doesn't have to be these people. These people are a blip in time. Like you will yes. get to a place where you're going to love yourself. People around you are going to love you. They're going to love you for you. And it doesn't matter what you ever went through before because it's going to get better. And I'm so proud of Steven. And I was proud of Jennifer's mom. And I was proud of Jennifer for telling her mom, I'm proud of you. You did great. Like, yes, I cried in this scene for sure. Where I, <laughs> yes, I, I was just so touched by the fact that like, like finding out that no one ever went to Steven's shows when, when they were younger and now the whole family coming to this event to support him. And then his mom just saying to him, like, I'm proud of you and I'll always be there for you. And she was like, like, this was so good. This was so good. Yes. And Jennifer being like, even though my mom didn't explicitly like say like, what she meant, we all know what she meant. And I was like, that's sweet. She She cried. She said, I loved it. You did so amazing. I will always be there for you. I love you. That is something I'm sure that he always wanted to hear. I know. Whether he knew he was gay or not as a kid, he probably always wanted to feel that. That amount of support and acceptance and affection. I was super, super grateful for that. Like that was one of the better things that we've seen on Jersey. And it's one of the reasons I can't give up on Jennifer. I, yeah, I really didn't like her last season and last season was her first season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked her like as far as starting drama, but like, I didn't like, like her as a person. And this season, I feel like she does have a lot of redeeming moments that like, I think she's generally fun to watch. And yeah, I like her family life a lot. I don't always agree with the way she behaves with the women, but at least she shakes shit, shakes shit up with her behavior. So I do appreciate it. I want her to get back on track with Melissa, though. I liked them partying together. You can tell they had a good time together. Yeah. And, like, Melissa liked to have a fun time. And Jennifer is a fun time girl. I would want to get a drink with Jennifer. She seems like a fun time girl. Yes. Even with the um, the impersonations of Jackie. Like, I'm not someone who takes things as seriously as Jackie does. Yeah. I love imitating people. I think it's uh, if I spend a little bit of time with anyone, I can kind of imitate their voice. Yeah. And I thought it was funny. I, I The video was funny to me. I don't understand why everybody blew it all out of proportion. Like it was sure rude, but like, that's what humor sometimes can be. And I appreciated her being like, well, let me put on an entire little like imitation session for all of you and do all of you equally. Like I have her sense of humor and I get it. And I like, I think she can be a fun time. She does not like being singled out or back into a corner. Similarly to me, like her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, she lashes out when she feels like she's being singled out and she throws plates and shit. But I do think I generally, think yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I do think generally though, she's just a good time. I agree though. I would love to get a drink with Jen. I'd love to get some tequila with her. Yeah. Of the, of the ones that, of the cast that I would want to hang out with, if for me, it's my ideal happy hour would be Marge, Jen, and Melissa. Yes. Agreed. I would have the best fucking time. Time in my life. I just, I love Marge. I think she's a hoot. I think Melissa is 
gorgeous to look at but also yes. she can take her drinks and she'll dance and she'll have a good time yes and Jen will always be down to have a drink with you and make you laugh and I love that yes I agree oh, I love that so what was your peak and your pit of Bravo this week Ooh, that's tough. Okay, I would say my peak is the return of DJ James Kennedy and his imitation of Katie. Um, And then my pit is going to be um, probably all the stuff with Teresa. Or no, my pit is going to be um, Gia not having both of her parents at prom. It just like made me sad. That's everyone's pit. (laughs) Yeah, okay, maybe I should come up with a different one. I don't know. I'm bad at this game. No, it's okay. I probably should have warned you that I was going to play it. No, what are yours? <laughs> um. Okay, so my peak, so highlight moment for me was seeing Frank and Senior and Dolores wake up in bed together. Even though I know nothing probably went on, I stand that relationship. Yes, I agree. I love them together. I want them together so badly again. I know that it's because she does not really trust him, which Mm -hmm. I understand. I mean, he cheated and then lied like uh, all of a year ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She found out on national television, um, which sucks. But Mm -hmm. I love their relationship. I think they get along so fucking well together. And he sticks up for her and takes care of her like none other. Yep. That was my peak. And my pit had to be watching Dolores like go through this house with this man. Oh my God. For a man that I don't think she's with anymore. I literally was going to like, as you started, I was like, I'm going to change my pit to that. So I totally agree. Isn't it so sad? It's so sad watching. She's so excited and she's like picking everything out. And David's just like slithering around, like so disengaged, so irritated by just like her existence. And then he just like gaslights her into thinking that she's asking too much. Not to mention he's on call. He's not dead. Like he can't, he's not in surgery. He cannot, I don't know what, from where they are in where Jersey Shore is in comparison to his hospital, but I don't think they are within, with outside of the realm of what is acceptable for him to be far away. No. He Not just doesn't want to be around her. Exactly. Yeah. Because like, you can be on call and still be in the same state. It's not. Yeah. I used to be on call for things all the time that are not as big as surgery. And I'm pretty sure that if you're on call in the middle of the night, they expect you probably to be, with their, be there within like the hour or so. Right. But you have nurses, other doctors. Like There are things that can be put in place if you're on call and they're waiting for you to get there that will stabilize the patient or like works things out until he gets there. He could have at least come down for like a day. Maybe he could have switched on calls with someone like, hey, can you please help me out? Like, you don't even want to try. Like, that's what this is. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's so frustrating to watch Dolores, like, just continue to beat her head against the wall trying to get this guy to wake the fuck up. Like, and her I just... was like, you're clenching my butthole, Mom. I don't want to yeah. do this. He's the worst. He's so... He just, like... He also just always looks like... He just always looks like he hasn't had any sleep and he, like, hasn't had any water in, like, five years. Like, yeah. he just looks sleepy and, like, bummed out all the time. And then you see Frank who's, like... time to do a sniper class? Yeah! I just, house with, your, with your girlfriend. I will never understand this man. And I frankly don't want to. 
I don't want to either. And it seems like they're probably not together in real time, allegedly, which is really sad because we watched her, you know, and she thinks, she's like, I'm a realistic pessimist. You think I want to pick out all this furniture just for some other bitch to move in? I'm like, right. That's rough. To see Frank wake up next to her and then he gets along with our friends and they all love him. Like, ah, that is the ideal life I know she wants because they get they, they have a life together they have kids they live in the same house they have the same group of friends the friends love him they don't have to ask her where frank is all the time like where is he where is he well how you put up with this they love this man i would, right. I would love to be with someone that everyone else got along with and loved i know i know i can never all the time yeah i couldn't imagine being with someone who like I have to be isolated with them and can't like bring them around my people partly because my people don't like him. And also partly because he just like refuses to do it. Like yeah, that sucks. Especially if they don't think that they're good for me because they're never around and never give any effort. That doesn't seem fair. Right. Dolores. No. And I think Dolores Ugh, is stunning. Italian way. I do, no. I do. I think she's really pretty. I think she's like gorgeous and she's fun. And like, she can be like kind of like, an asshole, but in a way that's like fun to watch, and like I just like that she's like sassy and not she's afraid the to like only person step that to checks people. Teresa. Yes, yes, she has no problem calling people out on their shit, and I frankly think men need to be with women like that because there's a lot of shit that men need to be called out for generally. I mean, I get the attraction that they both once had to each other, Frank. Totally, I get for it. sure. It makes a lot of sense. They seem like really good people. They seem extremely compatible. So. Here's to hoping for that in 2020. Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh my God. We finally made it to the end. Hannah, thank you so much for going through all of these rants and rambles with me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on. I had such a fun time talking Bravo with you. This Yay. was great. Please yeah. tell everyone where they can find you and listen to your amazing podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, You can find me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. And then my podcast is called Brown Eyed Junicorn. That's J-E-W-N-I-C-O-R-N. And I do a weekly pop culture podcast as well. So listen to Monty and then listen to me after. <laughs> Absolutely do that. And not to be confused again. With Alabama Hannah, who is the worst bachelorette that we've had in a decade. Uh, um, I'm my own person. Also goes by <laughs> Hannah Brown. This is a much better Hannah Brown to get invested into, guys. <laughs> and I promise you will not be disappointed. Her podcast, her her guests are so good. Like, they're really quality people. I've lined some up. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to this one. Ooh, I like this one. Ooh, I want that oh, one. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> the hustle so is real. listen for great guests, great content and follow her everywhere. And of course, you know what to do. You can follow me at Mixing with Moni on Twitter and Instagram. M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And if you love me, write a little review to all the people you love me so they can come and find me and love us too. Otherwise, keep it to yourself. Just kidding. You can DM <laughs> me anytime your thoughts and feelings about this episode. I love when people do that. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Bye. All right, guys, thanks for listening to that. And as if this podcast wasn't already thick enough, we will just keep on having a cheat day and eating a little more. And we're going to do FOMO and QT&A, that is questions that need answers. We're going to start with questions that need answers. And you already know what it is. You guessed it. Why the fuck was salsa in a wine glass? Like, what are you even talking about? Why? Why is it in a wine glass? 
I can get the chip through the glass when I get to get to that bottom salsa. Okay, it's good for while it's on the top, but the the crux of a wine glass is so that you sip. Like, and that you can continue to sip over and over. But we're not sipping salsa. We dip it in sal- into salsa. So this doesn't do me any service. Cynthia, you really dropped the ball. You are not a host. I need you to go. Um, But we've seen that. She does, like, terrible hosting jobs for all her parties. But beyond the question that need answers, which is that. Also, <sighs> Gigi, I know you high as a kite. And I know you're a stoner now. But, like, fish having sex, girl. Fish having sex. That's what you think is going to get you pregnant. Maybe you need to have some sex and maybe you will get pregnant. I mean, granted, she was doing it the scientific way. And I think that has a higher likelihood than the tide of the moon and the the fish. Like, why don't we just go ahead and get inseminated? Like, she acting like she's trying traditionally and she's not getting pregnant. I mean, the fish, you need to talk to your doctor before you go to see some fish. Make sure that you're all good to go, taking your hormones, not could maybe cutting out some things that are interrupting that. I don't know, but lots of things we could do to help us get pregnant. You know, the um, artificial insemination or the uh, scientific medical route before we go to fish. Like, I don't know how the two coexist, but I hope the fish having sex was great for your uterus. Okay. Those are my questions that need some fucking answers. Why fish and why salsa in a wine glass? Um, Yeah, FOMO, guys, watch Love is Blind on Netflix. It is basically like The Bachelor meets The Circle meets Love at First Sight all rolled into one. And it is a really cool show where they basically spend these couple or these um singles, uh, men and women, of course, because we have to do things heteronormatively um, in America. Uh, makes sense. Representation clearly doesn't matter for everybody, but it's fine. Um, they're all beautiful, of course. But the, the, the trick is they don't see each other. They can't see each other. They spend all day getting to know each other, like one or two people, like after they've gone a couple of like dates between and they're only separated by a very thin wall. They get all dolled up, even though they can't see each other. They live in their own quarters, like women quarters, men quarters. Um, and they spend pretty much all day trying to find love within each other, like with, with these other single people. And to my surprise, the catch is they have to get engaged. Yeah, and there's a wedding date. Yeah, and the wedding's on the show and it's in like 40 days or something like that after they've done this experiment and I just would never want to be as an experiment like somebody's love experiment but yeah they get there's I will this is not a spoiler but I will tell you there is an engagement in like the very first episode and you're just like I'm sorry what we just got here and lo and behold it's only been a couple of days for them like it's kind of crazy you will love it trust me that was not even a spoiler because you need to know there is a lot of people here and they just spend all day getting to know each other and like dating and opening up. And it's like that the, the catch is not the engagement. That's not the catch. It's like once they get engaged or whatever, they get to meet each other. They get to spend time together, maybe have sex, like all the things that should happen before you get engaged. They get to do after they get engaged with an actual wedding day already pending upon them. So 
it's really crazy, but you should watch it. It's called Love is Blind on Netflix. It's a really cool show for us to watch, not to be a part of. And that is it for Mixing with Moni. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Moni. All the things I said before, review, rate, love me, send me emails, text me, DM me, whatever. Follow me at Mixing with Moni and have a great day. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, pop culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.